Okay, let's get into Parshas Vayigash, Tavshin Ayin Ches, as we start off uh, the uh, jam-packed, maybe small in quantity, but in quality, there's no more exciting Parsha uh, than Parshas Vayigash, uh, where Yosef and his brothers, they come to the climax, the revelation of the brothers and the coming down to Mitzrayim, uh, so much here. Uh, but just before we start the Parsha, just one thought as we sit here uh, in the post-Hanukkah era of Tavshin Ayin Ches, uh, and we look ahead towards Teves, as we just started the month of Teves, uh, keep in mind what the Rambam, based on Chazal, and what's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. The long nights that we have at this time of year, Tkufas Teves, as it's called, the Rambam says we always have to make sure to remember it is a special gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because the Torah secrets that are given over at night are unparalleled. The Rambam writes in Ilchaz Talmud Torah, it's not on your sheet, but just by way of introduction. Even though it's mitzvah to learn day and night, Ein Adam Lamed Rov Chachmaso Ela most of one's wisdom, says the Rambam, comes at night. Again, that might not be irrational, might not be, it could be metaphysical about the secrets at night, but it also could be what person pushes themselves at night. But we shouldn't spend our entire night involved in physical pleasures. Ella, Torah, Learning Torah and wisdom. The Chulun, he quotes a number of Chazals related to this. And the Mepharshim, this is quoted, this Rambam is quoted in Yeredea, in the third Chalik of Yeredea, where the Mepharshim point out, especially in Tkufas Teves, so we have these long nights coming coming up. In Teves, Shvat and Adar, we have to make sure that we do our utmost to take advantage, to realize the gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us of more hours of nighttime. We have to look at it as opportunities to gain insights into the Torah and all of the commentaries uh, that help explain it. So with that, we get into Parshas Vayigash, the first Parsha that we're going to discuss, to discuss this year in Tkufas Teves, in the month of Teves. And we start with the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. Right, of course, the Parsha starts off with Yehuda standing up. Vayigash, I love Yehuda. Yehuda stands up. Vayomer, bi Adoni. I'm sorry, Yosef, or my master. Yedaber davar Adoni. Your servant will speak something now in the ears of my master. Do not be angry. Very unclear last phrase in the Pasuk. Rashi quotes a couple of Pshatim. We've quoted others in the past. But the Medrash points out in source number one, beginning of source number one, the Medrash points out that Yehuda had many levels of interpretation into what he was saying. The Medrash Rabbah quotes the Ber Yosef quotes the Medrash. Tfuche zab b'maskios kesef davar debar al ofnuf ma ofanze mare panim mikol tzad kacha yudvarev shal Yehuda nirim lechol tzad b'shoash adiber em Yosef. Just like a ofan, uh, a wing uh, show is seen on all sides, so too Yehuda's words can be looked at from all sides. And could be understood in many different ways. And that's why there were many, was he screaming at Yosef? Was he rebuking Yosef? Was he begging Yosef? Right, you read the words. What exactly, what, what was his tone? Right, the Torah doesn't generally mention the tone. We have to try to figure that ourselves. The Torah just says the words that were spoken. And here too, it's left somewhat ambiguous what exactly was the tone. But explains the Bear Yosef, who appears from a farshim akavana bazeh, she amru she divre Yehuda hayumar panim lechol sad, kshedibre Yosef. 
Many different levels. Let me explain, says the Ber Yosef, what I think is the hidden meaning into Yehuda's declaration, Yehuda's finally standing up, until finally Yosef cannot hold himself back, and he has to go and cry, and he has to reveal himself. So what is it? So ve'efshar od bazet, says the Ber Yosef, I'm going to say my pshat. Ve'efshar od. Mishum shebakashas Yehuda me'yosef lachlifo tachas binyamin. Yehuda says to Yosef, take me instead. Take me instead, I'll be a better Eved. Let Binyamin go. Take me instead. Lachora says the Ber Yosef, It totally doesn't make sense that Yehuda is offering himself. Why? What? Power was short on servants? He didn't have enough slaves in his palace? He had, I'm sure he had thousands and tens of thousands of slaves of people working for him. He was just like, take me instead. This wasn't about offering extra help. This was a punishment. He stole my goblet. He steals my goblet. He has to pay for it. So what good would it be, the offer? Yudha says, take me instead. I'm better. I'm stronger. What does Yosef care? I have all the strong men of Egypt. I don't need anyone else, really, but I need to punish your brother. Your brother, that, that thief. Whoever sins is the one that gets punished. Take me instead. No, I don't want him instead. You didn't do it. So what did Yehuda mean by this offer? It wasn't really an offer, take me instead, for Yosef to be convinced, okay, you're right. No. That's what the Medrash means, that there's something deeper going on here. Ella, line 16. From the, the essence of this bakasha is already hinted. The fact that we just explained. That it doesn't make sense that Yehuda would offer him himself. Really, the, what Yehuda was saying was, you want to take him because he did something wrong and there was a punishment. I know the truth. I know there wasn't even a sin. And therefore, there shouldn't be a punishment. Take me. Because I know underneath what's going on here that it's all a setup. And that is why, says the uh, Ber Yosef, line 20, you want to take all of us. We're very strong, but you know what? You're scared. You can't be machnia. We're already bigger. You figure out a way to bring the youngest. The young, youngest won't be as strong, as brave. And you'll figure out a way to get him to be with you. We know the plan. That's why the Bar Yosef even says, a question that many Mepharshim ask, why do you have to repeat the whole story? We know what just happened. We know the whole story. Yehuda could have just said in short, <coughs> you know, it's enough already. He goes through the whole story from the beginning. Puzzle your test. Adoni lemar. You asked us, we have a brother. and we told you. you can't leave. His father's old. And we went up and we told him. And he said, he goes through the whole story again. What, what, what do we need this for? Because Yehuda is showing to Yosef, the whole thing is a charade. 
From the beginning, it wasn't fair. From the beginning, you're just looking to get us in trouble. For whatever reason, we don't know. And therefore, if there was no sin and there's no punishment, you might as well take me. If it's all about getting somebody strong in your army, right, it's not because of a chait. I don't believe that. I see right through you, oh great master. Uvachain, mizos habakasha, line 30. Wahachlifo, b'makam binyamin, through this bakasha to switch him, misparer dai barur midvarav, shu mevin sheinkan shemchait va'onesh. He is expressing implicitly that he knows that nothing here is, is, uh, as it seems. The whole thing is an excuse, is a charade. This one we just mentioned. Yehuda goes over and over again. From the beginning, it was all meant to be. So step number one, part one of two points of the Ber Yosef's. What do you mean? What kind of offer was it? He wasn't deserving a punishment. You're right. Nobody was deserving a punishment. That's what Yehuda was telling Yosef. Nobody deserves to be punished, so you might as well take me. I see through the charade, Binyamin is not at fault. Uh, just parenthetically, a number of years ago, we mentioned the thought of, uh, of some of the Mepharshim. If you just do the math, you know, we read the story like Binyamin. Oh, the little Binyamin. We feel bad. He was at least 30 years old at this time. He doesn't say a word. We spoke about that in past years. The power of shtika, of binyamin keeping quiet. Last end of last week's parsha, he doesn't argue. He doesn't say, "Who put this here?" Doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word. That's the koach of binyamin. Not for now, but past years we discussed that. Good. So point number one: there's no punishment, and therefore you can might as well take me. But now the Bar Yosef says maybe it's even a little deeper. I deserve the punishment. I deserve the punishment. He didn't take the goblet. He didn't take the gavia. What's the other phrase that Yehuda says here? And it said it, we mentioned it already in last week's parsha. Last week was Anochi Ervenu Miadi Tavakshenu, the source of Arvus, second to last Daf in Basra, quotes that pasuk as the source of being a guarantor, being a cosigner, whether in Dine Mominus or outside. Says the Ber Yosef, top left, Ki Avdecha Arava Tanar Meim Avilemar Imlo Avienu Elecha. I guaranteed. What is a guarantor? Rashi says, If you ask, why do am I going into um, getting involved in this more than my brothers? They're on the outside. They're outsiders. I'm not an outsider in this event. I gave away my Olam Haba for this. I gave away everything. We'll get back to that. I'll show you a little bit later. But what is Yosef saying? What is Yehuda saying to Yosef? He says, Ulam line 16. Yehuda is saying, not only is Binyamin not worthy of a punishment, but I'm worthy. Because you know why? I'm the Arif. I'm the guarantor. And in Halacha, we hold, the Arif goes into the shoes of the one that's responsible. Whether it's monetary law, you can't pay, so I have to pay for you. I am you. I take upon myself certain identifications as you. Again, a huge discussion in Lumdus. Al zeh ba'la 
I did it, I committed. And therefore, as the Gemara says in Baba Kama, every Shomer, everybody who guarantees, steps into the shoes of the one he's responsible for. And therefore, says the Ber Yosef, quotes how Yehuda was a super Arev, skipping down. And therefore, point one, there's no punishment going on here. Point two, even if there is a punishment, I'm just as worthy. You don't have to take Binyamin. I'm deserving because I'm the Arif. I step into his shoes. I'm his guarantor. And therefore, you have to realize that this is not going to work. You should take me. Hikdim, turning over, source number two, Hikdim lo odiya shu ba'emes gamke chayav al-ganeva. I'm also chayav al-ganeva. Mishim shu arev lo ishkiach l'shamar karoi. I didn't guard him properly. Right, he adds that in. In arev, a shomer is not only about preventing damage from, as a victim, but preventing damage as an attacker. If I'm guarding a dog, if I'm watching a dog for you, it's not only I have to protect the dog, but I have to protect others from the dog and make sure the dog doesn't do damage. So I guaranteed Binyamin's protection, but it's not only what could have happened to him, but what he did. And therefore, I'm responsible for the Geneva. Take me instead. So that is the deeper idea, according to the Bar Yosef, of what is going on in the Yehuda and Yosef conversation. Okay, moving right along. What finally made Yosef break? Which part of the story? What couldn't he hold it in anymore? He couldn't, he, he tried, it's as if, it's as if he was trying to hold it in more. And he couldn't. What does he say? Right at the end of Perek, Mem, Dawid. Right at the end. Yosef goes through hearing from Yehuda, uh, let him go up and then finally last pasik in Parak how can I go up to my father the Nar is not with me pen I can't, I can't imagine and look at what's going to happen to my father. And then Yosef breaks. Everybody get out. Nobody stood there. And Yosef reveals himself to his brothers. Again, much has been said about those extra three words. But we're going to focus just on the, what was discussed right before the not being able to hold it in anymore. Says the Shemonatov, source number three. This is the fourth volume of the Shemonatov. I didn't write which one, but it's the fourth volume of the Shemonatov. What exactly made him break? Second paragraph. Venira. The Afapi Shehigili Yosef. The Kibal of Arvas al Binyamim. Bishteolamos who Yafsarakol. Even though he already told Yosef, as we already mentioned, that he, he was ready to give it all up. Mikamakom Luetzliach. It wasn't good enough. For Yehuda to mention, I gave up everything to get my brother back, to keep my brother. But what's the last Pasuk? What did Yehuda emphasize? When he did not focus on himself. He didn't talk about only his Mesiris Nefesh, but he emphasized the pain of Yaakov Avinu. 
Panera bara. Again, so you might say it's that Yosef himself can't, can't bear the pain that the father would be in. But Vahainu, the Shem Atov, goes the route of Mashalo Yistvol Ba'avedas Kololamo. Ela Ikeretzlau, Hutsaru Shalasheni, Dahainu Aviv. When we see the focus on someone else, the total identification of someone else's pain, that's what Yosef did it. Right, which might mean that he couldn't bear anymore the pain that his brothers were in. He saw them caring about their father, so he couldn't have them in pain anymore. In life, it's about focusing on the pain and the situation of others. Even if I'm right, even if I'm right, but I'm focusing on the others. And you see this throughout the story, an unbelievable diak. I think we mentioned this in the past also. Later on, a few seconds later, finally he reveals himself. And again, the emotion in this Parsha is just palpable. You read the Parsha, you can't like, can't like not feel it. What happens? He gives, uh, says hello to all his brothers, come close. The whole story. Maru, quickly go back to dad and bring him up. And finally, Vayipol Pasig Yudalad, before all the other brothers. Vayipol al Savre Binyamin Achivayefk. He takes Binyamin and he starts crying. This long drawn out hug that we could just imagine. Uvinyamin Bachal Savarov. And then also he kisses and cries with the other brothers. Right, first is just crying. They can't, can't talk. And then they speak to him. Chazal already picked up on the fact that this crying wasn't just a simple cry. Binyamin and Yosef. But they were crying about the future. Right, how did Chazal get this diuk? We've discussed that, not for now. But Yosef cries on Binyamin's neck. What does that mean? He's crying for the Bate Mikdash that we're going to be in the Chelik of Binyamin. Yosef is crying. Binyamin is crying on Yosef's neck. What is he? He's crying about Shiloh. Mishkan Shiloh is going to be there 369 years and ultimately will be closed up shop. The Plishim will take the Aron and the Mishkan will be forever not been eight, not for, I shouldn't say forever. There is a, a, a midrashim that talk about the Mishkan in the future, but at least for now, no more Mishkan. Why is it that they cried, Binyamin only cried about the Mishkan, and Yosef cried about the Batei Migdash? Why didn't they each cry about their own also? Right, Binyamin didn't cry about the Batei Migdash. Chazal don't focus on that. It does not say that Yosef cried about Shiloh, right, that was in his Chalik. Because that's the focus of the story. At the time when the brothers finally come back together. And maybe Yosef had to learn this lesson too. The ultimate focus on the pain of others. Right? That's what Yehuda did. And that's what Yosef couldn't take anymore. And he revealed himself. And that's the crying on each other's shoulders. Focusing on the Bate Migdash and the Mishkan that was in the other ones. And he quotes, Yosef even wanted to hold back more, but, but he couldn't. Where else do you see this? Right? 32, line 32. What happens later in the Parsha? Yosef gets his chariot. And he goes up to Goshen. And he wants to see, and he's, uh, wants to see his father. 
And what happens towards the end, finally, when he reveals himself, um, he quotes the Pasuk, but I'll see it uh, inside. Yaakov Avinu has the Hisgalus Halayla, when he, Hashem reveals himself to just find the Pasuk in, in, uh, in Shishi. My family has, uh, has come, and he meets him. Okay, I'll focus on it right now. But anyway, he quotes the Pasuk. Pirish Rashi, Yosef near El Aviv. Right, Yosef goes up to his father, and Yosef appears to his father. What is Rashi adding? Yosef near El Aviv. Of course, if you go to be seen by somebody, you're seen and you see. Explains the Shemana Tov along the same lines. Yosef had two focuses, could have had two focuses. His main focus would have been, could have been, and probably most of us, we haven't seen our father in so many years, what was the, what's the focus? The focus is, I missed you! I'm... The focus is me. I missed you. But what did Yosef do? Nira Elaviv. His focus was acknowledging that his father missed him. And therefore, appearing to his father. Vayera Elav. Not just Vayar Oso. Vayera Elav. He appeared to him. Right? And that's what he quotes. Yaakov and Yosef hadn't seen each other in 22 years. Which is the one? Which is the one that's, that's Yosef's focuses on? He focuses on the love that the father has for the son. Not the son that has for the father. And he even quotes along like quotes a Shlach Kaddish and a Chafetz Chaim that discuss why is it that the parental love is is the ultimate root love, even more than the child love for the parent, the parent love for the child? So we discussed this in the past. The Vilna Gon says that's the first time love is mentioned in the Torah by parent, right? By Parshas uh, Vayera, when Hashem commands the Akeda, Asher Havta as Yitzchak, but explains the Chavetz Chaim because the first relationship of a parent and a child was Adam to his children. Adam didn't have parents. So the first relationship, before the child was born, the child doesn't have any feelings, the first relationship was parent to a child. Right? And that's the, and that put its stamp into, into, into DNA. But he says that's, that's what Yosef did also. The focus was on his appearing to his father and not the opposite. And finally, the fourth point he makes, all the same idea. Again, Yehuda focuses on the pain of his father, and Yosef realizes that. The Tumbate Mikdash versus the Mishkan. Number three, Vayera Elav. Number four, fourth and final point, he quotes all of the sons of Binyamin. Right? Introduced, we know, what are the sons of Binyamin? All the many sons. Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Geira, Neman, Echi, Rosh, Mupim, Chupim, Ard. All the unique names. What are all these names? Rashi quotes, they all have to do with Yosef. All have to do with Yosef. Let's focus on two of them. Mupim and Chupim. What's Mupim and Chupim? So the Shemana Tov quotes Rashi. Again, it's Rashi on the, on the parasha. At least part of it. Some of it's in the, it's in the Medrash. Mupim. He quotes Mupim. Vechala Mupim mipi avila mad. Tupim. Shehu lo ra'a chupasi. Velo ra'isi ani chupaso. What did Binyamin do here? He named his sons. Two of his sons after I didn't see his wedding and he didn't see my wedding. What does he say first? What's the first one? He didn't see my wedding. And I didn't see his wedding. Focus on Yosef. He didn't see mine. And he's upset about that. Again, he quotes, Arab Arashim, four points. All focus on 
the pain of others have to be our focus in life. Right, we mentioned the uh, amazing horror in the past, why the heart, our hearts are on our left side. Right, the heart, the most chashiv uh, organ, you, you would think, the right is more chashiv, Hashem could have made, put, put, the, put the heart on the right side. No, but the heart is on the right side of the person you're looking at. Right, and that's, that's where the heart, our heart has to be. Our heart has to be, and obviously it starts with a spouse, and it expands to the family, expands to the community, expands to all of Klai Yisrael. We have to make all of Klai Yisrael the eye of, of ourselves. Okay, moving right along. Again, a lot about this, uh, again, this is the, uh, where a lot of action is, the Yosef Yehuda story. Ber Yosef, Shem now we move on. Right, focusing on, um, a number of sources. Mem hey hey. Let's get to Yosef's instructions. We'll see another idea about this conversation. Three Yosef instructions to them. What's the first thing Yosef says after he reveals himself? Ani Yosef Remember the Beis Halevi. The brothers cannot answer him. They're in shock. They can't answer. Come close. Mitzrayma. I'm Yosef. I'm Yosef, who you sold. The altar. Al te'atzvu. The first instructions he gives them. Al te'atzvu, do not be angry. Do not be sad. How would you translate this? Uncle, it says, lo tisnasasun. Va'al yichar be'enechem. Don't be, don't let it be upset in your eyes. Ki mechartem osiheina. Ki lemichya shlachani alokim lefnechem. For the good, to take care of you. Hashem sent me. He's Eshenasayim Harab, and he goes through the history, another two, another five years coming. V'chul. What's Yosef trying to do here with these instructions? He says, Two instructions. Says the Rav Shlesinger in the Eila Hadvarim. Source 5. V'nir alomar. Sheshnei Hadvarim etridu osam ma'od. There were two things that could have been bothering the brothers here. Two general things. Remember, we discussed years ago, <coughs> years ago, Rav Shamshir Rafael Hirsch's thought of why Yosef did not reveal himself right away because, mentioned this Parsha's Vayeshev a number of years ago, eight, nine years ago, that he did not want to give his father back one son instead of ten or nine sons. He wanted to figure out a way to create the family unit in love, in, in uh, Shlemus. He wanted to figure out a way to do that. And that's why he wanted to show that he could do whatever he wants and he was all out for their good. Just like he wanted to show that they wouldn't do it again. All the th- thoughts that Refersh wrote. See here, Yosef finally revealed himself. What he doesn't want is for them to all of a sudden, you know, feel bad, feel terrible, feel like we're, we're depressed. It's never going to be the same. And Yosef is above them conceptually and inherently. He doesn't want that. But it's a natural reaction. So what does he do? What are those two phrases? Says the Elah Hadvarim, there were two general points that the brothers could have been depressed about at this point. Number one is Hadavar Harishon, who is not an action, but similar to what we spoke about at the end of last week's parsha, when they drank, right? Point number one is not the sale. We'll get to that, but it's the chashad. It's their whole mentality. 
their mentality of, we blew it. We blew our understanding of our brother. We thought we understood him. We thought we knew, we thought clearly. We thought we sized him up properly. And we were totally off. We were totally off. We were choshed him. They, right, they um, acted with projection. Right, projection. Oh, he must hate us. They hated him. Right, and he quotes, he quotes an itziv, but they were choshed him with gaiva. They were choshed him with sinna. They were choshed him with all the things that they felt towards him. And Yosef had to try to calm them down. But that was point number one. Point number two was the actual sale. It came so far, not just that we had a wrong mentality and we didn't size him up well, and how could we have misjudged this person, misread our brother, but we sold him. Right? We, whatever the case, we judged him as a rodef, we made such a mistake in action. So number one, we totally wrong with our whole mentality of our brother. Number two, it came so far that we sold him. Yosef has to try to undo some of these feelings to try to get them to realize that he loves them and he wants to come back together as part of the family unit. So line 21, I'll call Ela Onelam Yosef. So Yosef says, Rash is number one. You're saying you're a choshin me. You know what I say to you? But I'm okay. And therefore, even if you did that, throughout the time here, I felt like a shliach. I felt that Hashem sent me here. And therefore, with all of your chshados, with all of your... You know, thinking that I'm, that I'm holding myself higher, I knew that Hashem wants me here. I knew that Hashem, you know, needs me here to set the stage. And therefore, I'll te'atzvu. Don't have atzvus about how you judge me. And he says, I felt like a shliach, meaning I felt like an outsider. The whole danger of somebody in a new environment is when he feels like the one of the people in that environment. But if he acts like a stranger, if he feels like an outsider, then he'll at least be safe. They tell the story of a of a of a of a, of a uh, chassid who once had to go somewhere far away, from the Rebbe. He had to go make a parnasa. The Rebbe's like, okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's fine. And he goes and he says a letter to the Rebbe. Rebbe, I feel so terrible being here. I feel like that. I feel like this. Uh. Rebbe's like, it's okay. You can do it. You can do it. It's okay. And the next letter is like, Rebbe, I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel, I feel, I don't feel like, you know, like there aren't people around, like me around uh, here. And I'm, it's difficult and it's hard to get a minion and it's hard. This, other people, it's okay, it's okay. You can do it, you can do it. Third letter, Rebbe, I, I've acclimated. I'm fine. You know, I, I've blended in. I'm, Rebbe says, you got to come back right away. Because once we blend into the surroundings that aren't on our standard... So then, that's when we have to worry. Yosef says, I didn't blend in. I didn't blend into Egyptian culture. I felt like a shlich, I felt like a Baruch was with me. Shluchei mitzvah, ain't And therefore, you don't have to worry. I'm okay. I did it l'shem shamayim. And he quotes another example of this by Yaakov Avinu. But that's number one. But then he says number two. 
And this is a thought that we have to realize we can't always judge our actions based on this, but there is an idea like this, somewhat of a delicate thought in source number six. We'll quote it based on a medrash. Right, based on a medrash. Right, a medrash we've quoted, but it's used in another context. Right, the medrash talks to us about a Pasuk and Parsha Shmos. When Moshe Rabbeinu runs to Midian and he saves the daughters of Yisro from the shepherds, what do they tell Yisro? Ishmitzri hitzilanu miyadaroim. An Egyptian man saved us from the shepherds. And one chazal is that they called him Egyptian and he didn't identify himself, so he was punished for that. But there's another medrash. Ishmitzri hitzilanu miyadaroim. What does that mean? The Ishmitzri that I killed in Mitzrayim ultimately led me here and that's why he silanu miyad haroim. It wasn't talking about Moshe Rabbeinu as the Ishmitzri. It was talking about the Mamish, the Ishmitzri that Moshe Rabbeinu killed. Ishmitzri, Moshe Rabbeinu realized that he was a pawn in the hands. Ishmitzri silanu miyad haroim. But what's the shot of that magic? We've quoted one past, one shot in the past, not for now, but the Elah Advarim quotes the following idea. What's the difference anyway between if Moshe says it was me or the Ishmitzri? And he quotes from the Divrei Yechezkel. Sometimes we do something and we know it's the right thing to do. Sometimes afterwards, we kind of like start rethinking, maybe even regretting a little bit, not knowing if we did the right thing. You know, some things are clear. But other times we do something, at the time it seems clear, but then afterwards we're like, should I have really done that? You know, I, I, offered, to, I offered to help. I gave this person stock with embarrassed. I, I this, I that. We start thinking about it afterwards. Was that, was that the right thing to do? Is there a way to know? Ultimately, no. But he says maybe one litmus test, which sometimes works, is what was the result? What was the end result? If something great came from it, so then we could we could assume Simanhu that it was a mitzvah. That's an idea about mitzvah, goreris mitzvah. But if what I thought was a mitzvah caused a terrible chil Hashem, then maybe I have to rethink and maybe it wasn't a mitzvah. Maybe I have to regret and, and realize maybe it was Avera, goreris Avera. Moshe Rabbeinu killed the mitzri. L'shem Shemayim. Okay, it was self-defense. But, you know, was I right? I saved. I ended up running away from my people in Midian. Ish Mitzri, he He was able to be there to save these girls, and ultimately it led to something good. That's the pshat. Yosef says to his brothers, "You made a mistake." Okay, in one sense it was a mistake, as we discussed in past, in past uh, the past weeks. But in another sense, it was part of the divine plan, and ultimately I'm here. And I'm in charge. And I'm going to take care of you. And that's what we need to do for the next couple of years before food comes back as the fam- famine continues. And therefore, you shouldn't be angry. That's what the, the Elad Varim says. Yosef was trying to 
convince them. Yes, even if at the time, you know, there was chshad and there were some mistakes made, but realize, you know, it's time for us to get all back together and in that way be able to start the Am again here in, here in Mitzrayim. Okay, moving right along. Paragmem Hey. Pazig Yud Just a pshat thought of the Maharal. So what happens? Yosef says, Yosef almost is the whole talker in this discussion between the brothers. Yosef says everything. So what happens? I'll take care of you. Come down to Mitzrayim. There's another five years of famine. That's what they thought then. You see my eye. Your eyes see. Pasuk Yud And Binyamin's eyes. The mouth that speaks to you. What does the Pasuk say? Your eyes see the mouth that speaks to you. The mouth that speaks to you, Lachar is talking about the words that he's talking about. Right? Rashi quotes here. Right? What is the P Medaber Alechem? Pasik Yud Bez. Rashi quotes. Pine Nechem Raos Bichvodi Vishani Achichem. Shaani Mahukachem. Vaod. Kipia Medaber Alechem. Balashana Kodesh. Do you see language? What does that mean? You're, you're I see that I'm talking Hebrew. Shouldn't that be your ears hear that I'm talking Hebrew? Or your I see that I am. How do you understand the Pasik? Your I see my mouth. But obviously it doesn't mean a mouth. Question one. Question two, also similar, Rashi. Rashi here breaks up the Pasik. And it's the Maharal. How does Rashi know? to break up the Pasuk. Maybe it's part of one question is going to answer the other one. Bless you first answer as a second question. Rashi quotes two pshatim. Your I see. What are your I see? Bichvodi. In my honor. Right? That I am viceroy. And that I am your brother. That I am mahul. I'm circumcised like you. Va'od and How does Rashi know that there are two things here. It sounds like the Pazak is saying one phrase. You're I see that I'm talking. Says the Maharal, that's exactly the point. Because it doesn't make sense to read the Pazak as a fluid, straight Pazak. Says the Maharal in the Gorarye. Pirish, lo yitachein, v'inei nechem roas, ki pia madabra aleichem. Dolo shayach re'iya bazei elashmiya. It should be, you hear if it's a P. V'havili lomar, v'az nechem shamu ki pia madabra aleichem. Your ears here. That's why you have to split up the Pasuk. In that way. The, the Maral doesn't mention it. I don't know why, but there's also another thing that might have tipped off Rashi in the Pasuk. There's an Esnachta. In the exact spot where it's split up. Right, that's the strongest break. And then, as if tell us, stop reading. You see, dot, 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 So maybe that also tipped off Rashi. But then the Maharal continues and just answers the Ramban's kasha. What does Yosef say here? What is the pshat? You're I see that I am circumcised and you hear that I'm speaking Hebrew. What, there was nobody else in the world that was speaking Hebrew at that time? That was the language of Eretz Canaan. How would that prove anything? There was nobody else that was mahul. 
Right? Many of the Bnei Yishmael were Mahul. So how does this prove anything? That he's their brother. There were many that were Mahulin. There were many that spoke Lashon HaKodesh. Says the Maharal, that's true, but nobody did both. There was no Mahul Medaber Lashon HaKodesh. Yishmael was no longer in Eretz Canaan. And therefore, if you had both, there's only one family that has both. Says the Maharal, he quotes the Ramban's Kasha on the bottom of the column. Right? So explain, and so too with Mila. The Maharal explains, it's only because they have both. And then he even interestingly says at the end, and it's not, he didn't even want to give them even information. How did anybody else know that Yosef was sold? Isn't that good enough? No, you could have, could have given that over. No, Lashon HaKodesh, language. The Maharal explains that language is something that is so identifiable on a person. Right? If somebody did not grow up in Israel, you know, an Israeli knows, it doesn't matter how many years you've been here, you speak Hebrew, they'll be able to tell. They'll be able to tell. It's not native. It's not native. Right? My kids make sure I always realize that. But um, it's it's not... Uh, but that, because language is something that's inborn. It's like when you grow up with something, you have an accent, you have a lack of accent. You can't get rid of that. That's part of who we are. That's why Hashem made us. Dialects and ac- that's why Yosef Dafka used this. It wasn't just language, but maybe it was how he spoke the language. It was natural for where he was from. Right? That's the Gurari. So number one, splits up the Pusik because reading it does it really fit? Plus the Esnachta, both of them together, and then language is something that is inborn, it's a trait, it's a uh, part of who we are, it's part of our essence. Okay. Moving right along. What else does Yosef tell his brothers? What else? After these, all these instructions he's giving them, and the brothers don't say a word, they're still in shock. What does he say to them? Let's go back to those Pesukim. He goes and he talks to them, and, oh, towards the end, towards the end of the conversation. Memhei, Perak Memhei, Pasik, Chavdalad. Pasik Chavdalad. After he, he gives them meals. He sends them out, last parting words. Al Tirgazu Baderach. So what does Al Tirgazu Baderach mean? Again, hard words to translate. Rashi quoting the Gemara. Al Taskasku Bidvar Halacha. Don't get into such deep Torah conversations on the way. Okay, interesting. Don't rush. Don't take big steps. Let's focus on that. Why not? Why not rush? Rush back to Yaakov. Why not rush? Says the Kutzke Rebbe. Says the Katzka Rebbe, source number eight, is quoting, quoted here in, in uh, Lis Anig, the Sanugim. Says the Katzka Rebbe, and he, and he quotes a story related. Yosef knew, as we discussed this, I think, last week. Yes, we did. When we discussed by Yeritsum and Abor, the Svarno and the Rebbe Rucham. Yosef knew that every salvation that Hashem brings will not come one second sooner than it's supposed to come. And won't, won't come one second later than it's supposed to come. Our father is supposed to have a salvation from this decades-old sorrow and pain that he's in. 
you think you're going to rush in and get there quicker than you would if you, nor- you go at a normal pace? Something else is going to happen if you're going to rush. You're going to get there exactly when you're supposed to get there. I don't think you're going to get there any earlier. Obviously, don't dilly-dally and, and take your time. But don't think rushing. Don't think going over the speed limit is going to get you there any faster. Because Yosef says, you're going to get there exactly when you're supposed to get there. And that's what he quotes on the Ramban, Ki Akzeira Emes, Vacharitzu Shekai. He says, Al Tirgazu Baderech, says the Kotzker. Right? Shebesora Tova, Tagil Yaakov, Baoso Rega, Bo Nigzer Ki Agiazmana. Lo Rega Echad Kodem. Because that's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Often we get confused about what we do and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. Right, it's a famous story told about many rabbis. Here he quotes it from the Beis HaLevi. I heard it in the name of at least two other rabbis. Right? From the Beis HaLevi. Somebody once came to the Beis HaLevi, one of his Talmidim. He hasn't seen it in a long time. The Beis HaLevi says, No, what's, what's going on? What are you doing? He says, I'm in this business, I'm in that business, I'm in this. Beis HaLevi says again to him, What are you doing? What are you doing? He says, I have this business, this investment, and this. A third time he says, What are you doing? He says, What do you mean? What am I doing? Until he finally got it, then he explained to him, all that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing for you. But what are you doing? What are you learning? What mitzvahs are you involved in? What we, the only thing in our control is the ruchnius that we try to accomplish. The harnasa and everything else, the traffic that we sit in, everything is out of our control. Right? And that's, it's not going to happen a moment sooner. Right, we get confused sometimes with what we're in control of and what, right, we, right, we can't use this lying in bed in the morning, having trouble getting out. I'm not going to get to shul one minute later than a Kodesh wants me to get to shul. You know, we can't, you know, that's not going to work. You know, we have to do our best and, uh, when it comes to our hishtablis. But in terms of what's out of our, you know, control in that area, we have to make sure we realize we do what the best we can. Right, don't try to over, um, over um, estimate or you know go beyond normal means in terms of trying to accomplish what we want to what we want to accomplish. Okay, two more thoughts for the evening. Perak Memzayin Pasuk Tes. Got a very difficult pasuk that Chazal already pick up on. Let's try to figure out this year's commentary. Yosef brings his father to Paro. Yaakov Avinu. Imagine what he looks like. The Bechir Ha'avos. He's been through Esav. He's been through Lavan. He's been through Dina. He's been through Yosef. And what does Paro say to him? Very strange question. The first time that he sees this great man, the father of the one that saved his, his uh, country. How old are you, old man? That's, that's what he asks him. Kama yimeshnechayecha. Very unusual question. Vayomer Yaakov Alparo. And Yaakov answers, even stranger. Just say a number. That's all he's looking for. Just say a number. You don't want to say? Say, I'd rather not say. But instead, Yaakov, you know, he, he it sounds like he's venting. If we could say that word. 130. 
v'roim. I've had a tough life, Paro. I've had a difficult. That's true. We know that. But who asked Yaakov to give editorial comments to an Egyptian king who asked him how old he was? All right, what, 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 what do we understand? So what was the question? What was the answer? Says the Tosefes Bracha. Rav Baruch Alevi Epstein. Says that this is a Tosefes on the Torah Tamima. That was his original Sefer on Chomish, and he has Tosefes Bracha. So he has the Tosefes. What exactly is the Pshat? So he quotes that from the Rabban. The Rabban said that Yaakov looked really, really old. And Yaparo was just like in shock. Like, how old are you? Wow. Right? He was in shock. But the Tosefes Bracha says, Ein dvarim is kablum klau. I don't, I don't like that Pshat. So he says, quoting the Pasuk in Mishlei, Line 12. Yamim the Pasuk says, Orech Yamim, length of days, Ushnos Chaim, years of life, Yosifulach. Chazal wonder, what do you mean, Shnos Chaim? Shnos. I want years. What do you mean, years of life? If you have years, you're alive. What does that mean? Va'amdu Chazal Yitr Halashon Chaim. What's the answer given? Years is one thing. Shanim means how many years? Shnos Chaim is not just years. Shnos Chaim is what we might call good living. Shnos Chaim is not just alive. It's alive with with a, with a bread, alive with, with a simcha. It's not just life, but it's alive. Or it's not just alive, it's life. I don't know which way you want to say it. Shetosefes lashon chayim moral chayim tovim v'ritsuyim. Yan, yes, Judaism does not believe in, you know, the uh, different qualities of life. And Rahman al-Islam, like certain um, countries in the world, believe that if a certain cannot contribute to society, that life is not worth living. Chas v'shalom. Judaism believes every single second of life is infinitely valuable. And we're Machal Shabbos even to save somebody's life for a few minutes. But in terms of the wording in, in, in Tanakh, there's a difference between Shnos and Shizchayim. Yan kishanim levad moral tkufas hazman. Aval hinkolos gam tovos vegam rose. But tosefes halashan chayim. Chayim adds on mora al chayim tovim. Yan ki halashan chay chayim mora lo al hefech hamaves. Ki gam al chayim mafikim ratzom anachas ruach. What does Paro ask Yaakov? He doesn't say kamimei shnosecha. Right? Just your years. But what's his lashon? How are your years of life? Years of life. So there, that's, that's a more nuanced answer. He wants to know about life. He wants to know what kind of years he had. Power is asking that, so Yaakov is, is truthful. Yaakov said, I've had a tough life. He's not complaining. He's just giving an honest answer to Paro. And maybe that fits with the Ramban, and that's why he looks so old. But either way, that's the difference between Shnos and Shnos Chai. Okay. Final thought for the evening. It's a double thought, but something very special. Parag Memzayin, Pasuk Te... Parag Memzayin, Pasuk Yudal. So what happens? The brothers come down to Mitzrayim. Yosef puts them in Goshen. 
Vayoshev Yosef es Aviv es Achav. Vayiten lam Achuzah Beretz Mitzrayim. Bemeitav Aretz. Beretz Ramses. He gives him an Achuzah. Vayachalkel Yosef es Aviv es Achav. He supports his father, his brothers. Es Kol Beit Aviv Lechem Lefiatav. He supports them. He makes a living. He supports them. Says Rav Salvechik in source number eleven. Yosef was the first. What was he the first of? Up until this point in history, people went out and they cut their wheat and they made bread and they lived. And they did different things. They didn't support others. They didn't support a family, really. Everybody went out and did their own thing. Says Rev Salvechik, Yosef was the first Jewish balabas. There is another Misora of great significance, line six. The Misora of Jewish Balabatim, the lay people. This Misora is not one of concepts, but rather of methods and images. It is a continuity of a type of personality. The first Baal Habayis was Yosef. He provided support for his father and his brothers. He supported others. Says Rev Salvechik, there's not just a Misora of the great Torah leaders. There's the Misora of the great Torah lay leaders, what we call Balabatim. And says Rav Salvechik, there are three characteristics of a great Balabas. Number one, he feels a clear awareness of his responsibility, not only for himself, but for the entire Jewish community. It's getting back to the first thought we spoke about. Second thought, an achrayas. He feels an achrayas for the community, an achrayas for others around him. Number one. Number two, he has a pragmatic mind. He's able to not only feel, but do. He's not just a, uh, a uh, you know, not feeling inside, but he's a doer. Gets it done. Pragmatic mind. He has an aptitude for decision making and decision executing. Finally, he's a visionary. He not only feels, he dreams and visions and then carries out and executes. Yosef was a dreamer. Yosef was a pragmatist, what needs to be done. And Yosef cared about his fellow Jews. That's the Misora that we have from generation to generation. And that's Yosef. And Yosef, as we know, is called Yosef HaTzadik by Chazal. He's a tzaddik because that's what these mitos represent. And along the same lines, Rav Chaim Kanievsky in the time of the Krupp, in source number 12, points out that we know that Yaakov Avinu sent down Yehuda to Goshen first. He sent down Yehuda. Why did he send down Yehuda? Because he was going to set up a yeshiva there. Asks Rav Chaim Kedievsky, line 3, Lechora, Tfei Havale Lishloch is Levi. Why did he send Levi? Levi was the Rosh Yeshiva. Levi was their leading Torah scholar. Maybe Yisachar. Shen is Barech, Miyor Mishmatechel Yaakov, Sarashchel Yisrael. Right, if you look at the beginning of the Rambam, when he talks about the history, he says that, he says that Levi was the Rosh Yeshiva. So why did he send down Yehuda? Yehuda was Malchus. Yehuda represents the Balabatim of getting things done. Eight shakers and movers, not just the people who know the Torah, but people who are the Ones who execute. Lachach, Valevi Yisachar, Avagach Yashavalamdu, Lohi Musugalam Lakach, Vrak Yehuda Shahaya Melech, Hay Musugal Vashayach Lakach. 
And to be miyaseh the makom, you need that. So in Yadus, there's a misora of great rabbinic leaders. There's a misora of great lay leaders. Yosef teaches us about the lay leaders, even though we know Yosef also, obviously Yosef was a great Torah leader too. All the Torah that he got from Shem Ve'ever, Yaakov gave him. But we, we understand the idea of Yosef supporting, Yosef caring, and Yosef focusing not only on himself, but on others as well, bringing us back full circle to what we started with. Hashem, we should learn from Yosef, from Yehuda, from all the great players. We didn't get to speak about the Haftorah this year, as we know, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, right, when everybody comes together and realizes that we're all in this together, Hashem, we should be Zoha to have that Avas Yisrael and view each other as one unit.